Welcome to the teaching ministry of The Cause Church. We pray you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Today we begin a new series called The Life of Christ in Me. The Life of Christ in Me. And as we head towards Easter these next couple of weeks, I want to look at several key moments in Jesus' life. Today, we're going to look at the power of baptism. Next week, we're going to look at the defeat of temptation. On Good Friday, if you've never been to the Good Friday service, you ought to come out this year. Good Friday, we're going to look at the victory of the crucifixion. And then, of course, on Easter, we'll look at the hope of the resurrection. Jesus' life, the life of Christ, certainly is a model and an example for us to follow. But men and women, there is also not just the life of Jesus that we read about in Scripture, but the reality of the presence of his life in us, the life of Christ in me. In fact, Paul writes this in Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. Paul says, to them, which is the church or his saints, that's you and I, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That is a unbelievably profound, deep theological statement. Would you say that with me, Christ in you, the hope of glory? Ready, go. Christ in you, the hope of glory. I want you to put your hand on your heart now and make it personal and say, Christ in me, the hope of glory. Ready, go. Christ in me, the hope of glory. The New Testament describes that those of us who know Jesus as our Lord and our Savior, that we have Jesus Christ living in us. What does that mean? It means that we have his presence, we have his love, we have his power, we have his authority, we have the kingdom of heaven in us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. And so that's what we're gonna look at in making application these next couple of weeks. And as I mentioned, we're gonna look at baptism today. In fact, the title of my message is this, it's your funeral, so enjoy it. It's your funeral, so enjoy it. I'll explain what I mean by that in a moment. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Mark chapter one. Mark chapter one, the gospel of Mark. If you use the Grow Journal uh, to do your daily devotional time, you know that we just started reading the gospel of Mark. Mark is the gospel of action. It moves very, very quickly. It's the shortest of the gospels. Mark uses a word, you'll see a word in there. I think it's in there 42 times, the word immediately. And Mark, Mark's gospel is interesting because he doesn't begin with the genealogy or the baptism, uh, I'm sorry, or the birth of Jesus. He goes straight to the baptism of Jesus. Jesus at this time was about 30 years old. He had been a carpenter in Nazareth, which was the town that he grew up in, in the region of Galilee. And now this was the moment that God had called him to begin his public ministry with his baptism. And so he goes to a man named John, known as John the Baptist. And John was also his first cousin. John's job, he was sent as a messenger, the Bible says. He was a fulfillment of prophecy. John's job was to prepare the way of the Lord, was to prepare people for the Messiah, the Christ. 
In fact, go ahead and stand to your feet with me if you would as we read this passage together. You can follow along on the screen as well. John chapter 1, verse 4. This is where we pick it up. John, I'm sorry, Mark. Mark chapter 1, verse 4, excuse me. I have a newborn. I don't get a lot of sleep. I'm doing my best. Trying to drink as much coffee. I don't even drink coffee anymore. I just pour it straight into my eyeballs. Uh, All right. John, sorry, Mark chapter 1, verse 4. Help me, Jesus. Mark 1, 4. John came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And then all the land of Judea, that was the surrounding region, and those from Jerusalem, the city, went out to him and were all baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, There comes one after me who is mightier than I, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to stoop down and loose. Verse 8, I indeed baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Remember that, okay? Verse 9, it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Let's read verses 10 and 11 together. In fact, I'm going to read it from the screen And follow along. Ready? Let's read it out loud together. Ready? Go. And immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the spirit descending upon him like a dove. Then a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Let's pray. Father, we pray that we would hear your voice today speaking to our hearts in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. As you're seated, tell the person next to you, say, I hope he doesn't preach long today because he hasn't preached in a few weeks. And I don't know how long this is going to go. I'm hungry. John the Baptist baptized people as a sign of repentance for their sins, as we just read. But Jesus had no sin. He was the sinless son of God. In fact, in other gospels, it records, John said, there goes the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the entire world. Jesus was and still is the only one who has ever been sinless. So he had no sin that he needed to repent of. So why was Jesus baptized? Why was Jesus baptized? Well, I'm gonna tell you. One of the reasons is because Jesus took something as he often did, he took baptism in this instance, and he gave it a full and complete and a new meaning. And we'll talk about that in a moment. The other reason is that Jesus modeled at his baptism benefits that he wants us to receive and then draw on for our entire lives. Uh, And so even if you've been water baptized, which probably many of us in here watching online have, there are benefits that you ought to draw from from your entire life. And by the way, you need to understand this. It was Jesus's baptism and what happened, which we're gonna get to in a minute, what happened at his baptism that launched him into ministry. Up until this point, he had, he had no public ministry. He had been completely obedient. The Bible says he was 
tempted in every way that we are, yet he was without sin. He was already the sinless son of God, but he had not preached the gospel of the kingdom. He had not taught anything. He had not done any miracles. He had not cast out any demons. It was his baptism, which is why it's so significant, which is why we're talking about it today. Are you with me so far, everybody? All right, good, because I feel like preaching, but you're gonna, you're gonna help me this morning. Let's, let's talk about why should I be baptized? I'm gonna give you five quick reasons and then I'll talk about the three benefits. And again, some of you are already thinking, I w- I've been baptized. Some of you probably thought, I've been baptized you know, more than 40 years longer than you've been alive. I don't need to hear another message on baptism. You know, been there, done that, got the t-shirt, says raised to life, I wear it at the gym. When I work out, I don't need this message. Yes, you do, okay? This is for you. God's gonna speak something to you this morning, so just hold on tight and we're gonna get there. But let me give you five reasons you need to be baptized if you haven't yet. Number one is this, I need to be baptized because Jesus demonstrated it. And if you wanna be like Jesus, then you need to be baptized. Number two, I need to be baptized because Jesus commanded it. Jesus commanded it. If we just stop there, that would be enough, but there's a few more reasons. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, after he had rose from the dead, he told his disciples, now there, Go, go therefore into all the world and preach the gospel to every person, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. If you're a Christian, baptism is not an option, it's a commandment. It's not a suggestion, it's a commandment. Number three, I need to be baptized because it is my public statement that I belong to Jesus Christ. It's your public statement that you belong to Jesus Christ. Listen, Baptism is not what makes you a Christian, it's what demonstrates that you are a Christian. In other words, baptism is not what what makes you saved or what gives you salvation, it is putting your faith and your trust in Jesus and what he did on the cross that provides salvation, but baptism declares that I am saved. It's an outward symbol of an inward commitment. Baptism is like your wedding ring, for those of you that are married. Your wedding ring tells everybody, it tells the world that I'm taken, that I'm, that I'm married. But I got married November 13th, 2004. My dad officiated the ceremony. And when I made a covenant before God and before the presence of many witnesses on that day, I covenanted or I committed my life to Jennifer Lynn Legand, now Jennifer Lynn Reed. And that's what made me married. It was that commitment that made me married. But this tells people, I'm taken. Sorry, ladies, I'm taken, and I'm happily married, all right? Uh, so, So baptism is like the wedding ring that tells people that you belong to Jesus. Little boy one time in kids' church gave his life to Christ, and and he was told, you need to go tell the senior pastor and tell him the decision that you made. So he ran up after the service and said, Pastor, I gave my life to Jesus. I want to get advertised. <laughs> <laughs> Baptism is like the advertisement that you belong to Jesus. Friends, there are no such things as secret agent Christians. Jesus said in Luke 9:26, whoever is ashamed of me and my words. Of him, the Son of Man will be ashamed. Wow. Do people, would people that are close to you be surprised to find out that you're a Christian? If there is, there's something wrong about that. 
people ought to know. They ought to know that you belong to Jesus, that you love him. And baptism is a public announcement of that. Here's a quick little clip uh, that'll show you what I'm talking about. In fact, here's a question first. If you haven't been baptized, because I, I'm surprised at how many people I meet that are saved and have given their life to Christ but haven't been baptized. If you have not been baptized, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Here's a clip that will encourage you. I'm a little concerned right now about your salvation and stuff. How come you have not been baptized? Because I never got around to it, okay? I don't know why you always have to be judging me. Because I only believe in science. But tonight, we are going up against Satan's caveman. And I just thought it would be a good idea if you... Felicidades. <laughs> oh my gosh. In the New Testament, there's no such thing as a disciple who was not baptized. When somebody put their faith in Christ, it was immediate, there was no delay. In fact, the pattern is clear in scripture. It's repent, believe, and get baptized. In that order, come on, say that with me. Repent, believe, get baptized. Repent means to, it means to turn around. It means a change of mind that results in a change of direction. It's saying, God, you're right and I'm wrong. I'm going on the wrong path that's leading to hell. I wanna get on your path. That's repentance. Believe means to put your faith or your trust in Jesus and what he's done for you, and then you get baptized. That's the order. Number four is this. I need to be baptized because it identifies me with God's family. I need to be baptized because it identifies me with God's family. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Baptism declares that I am part of God's family. I am part of the global church. I am part of a family that will last for all of eternity. That's why in our services, in our church, we like to celebrate them publicly because it's a, it's a family celebration. It's a family affair. Uh, it's a family party. The next time that we're doing them is the Sunday after Easter, which is Sunday, April 24th. And you can sign up, register for that if you want to get baptized at the Connection Center after service. It's a great opportunity to invite your family and friends. However, I preached this message last night, and after, after I went home, as I was driving home, I felt convicted by the Lord. How can you talk about people getting baptized immediately, and then you tell them to wait a month or three weeks or whatever it is? So I thought, all right, I, I told Chris, fill up the baptistry. So this is not a joke. I'm dead serious about this. If you wanna get baptized today at the end of the service before we're done, you can get baptized. You can get, you don't have to wait. You don't, in fact, in some churches, they don't. Our baptistry's right there. In fact, 
If you want to get water baptized at any point, I don't care what, what point it is during my message, you can get up and you can come over and you can tell Pastor Judy, all right? If I see anybody walking around and you're going that way, the ushers are going to redirect you over here and you're going to get baptized like Nacho Libre style, whether you want to or not. <laughs> no, but seriously, at, at both of our services this morning, we've had people that got baptized. They're powerful. We baptized somebody after the service. I was up here talking to somebody. Next thing you know, we're baptizing somebody else in there. It was awesome. So we're going to do that today. Number five, and, and here's the reason I want to unpack this, and then I'll, I'll talk about the benefits. Uh, but here we go. Number five, I need to be baptized because it is a symbol that my old sinful life is buried, and I am raised to new life in Christ. Man, let, let me, I'll just read it from the screen. Go to Romans chapter 6. I, that's, I gotta read it from my notes. It's, it's not enough phrases for me. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when you were, then we, excuse me, have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? Listen to this, verse four. For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Say new lives. New lives. Come on, say it again. Say new lives. new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. When Jesus was baptized, it was symbolic of his coming death and resurrection. And that is part of what baptism means for us as well. It is symbolic of the fact that we are dead to sin and resurrected to new life in Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. The word baptize, baptizo in Greek, it means to dip or to immerse or to submerge. That's why when we baptize people in our church, we don't sprinkle them, we completely immerse them. If you're gonna bury a dead body, you don't just sprinkle a little bit of dirt on their head, you bury them completely. <laughs> We've, I have seen some hilarious things in baptisms before, by the way. In fact, a couple of years ago, we did beach baptisms, summer of 2020, and you would have thought that when we, when we had the idea as a staff team, let's go do beach baptisms, that you would have maybe found, are, they, are you guys putting, oh, you guys are already, I didn't even ask them to do that. All right, go ahead, they're putting up, they're putting up some pictures, that's fine. You would have thought that we would have found like a nice, kind of quiet place, a little bay area where the waves are calm. Nope, we just went straight down to Newport Beach during high tide, and some people were just getting annihilated during the baptisms. You can see that's me and Jenny trying to baptize our friends Jason and Amy. I was helping Pastor Chris baptize, baptize one of the guys in our church. We we're on both sides. Next thing I know, he just falls back. There was no water there when he fell. And I was like, Chris, he didn't even get immersed. That didn't even count, man. We gotta baptize him again. My, the, my favorite bab, baptism, this is the funniest to me, was one time my dad, a couple years ago, was baptizing somebody in our baptistry. And he didn't, he didn't normally do that, but sometimes people would, would ask him and, and he, would, he would. So I think it was a father and a son that he was baptizing. They're both in there with them. 
So my dad's talking. He's, he's getting ready, getting to the moment where he's going to baptize the, the father. And the, the dad, all of a sudden, he just stops, and he plugs his nose, and he just goes like this. It just goes straight under the water, and I could see the look on my dad's face. And then he just pops up out of the water like a whack-a-mole. And I saw, I know, because I know how my dad thinks. It, it took everything in my dad to not just burst out laughing. And so he just got this smirk on his face. And then, and then the best thing he did is he just then patted the guy in the head. <laughs> oh, the guy, like, baptized himself. It's so funny. Listen. Baptism, when you go into the waters of baptism, you go into a watery tomb. And your old life, your old sinful, broken life, your selfish life, your before Christ, your BC life, when you were addicted to drugs and alcohol and you were living for yourself and your life wasn't going anywhere and you were on a, a path of hell and destruction, maybe you were like Gabriella where you had no hope. You were thinking about taking your, old, your, your, your own life. Your old life, your old man, is buried in the waters of baptism. And when you come up out of the water, you are a brand new person in Jesus Christ. You're not refurbished, come on. You are brand new and your future is in heaven. That's why it's your funeral, you might as well enjoy it. Come on, because that old man, that old person is being buried. And that's why you'll see, you'll see, somebody's gonna get baptized, you'll see them come up out of the water and you can see the joy of the Lord all over them. This one lady, we're, we baptized her at the last service, I think she got filled with the Holy Spirit or something in there. Joe couldn't even get her out of the water. It's your funeral, you might as well enjoy it. The old man is dead and I'm a new person in Christ and baptism symbolizes that. I should end there, but I'm not, all right, I still got... Okay. Let, let, me say, let me say a couple more things. Listen, the worst thing that you can do when somebody dies is not bury the body or the corpse. And I think, this is how I think about it. Some of you have made a commitment to Christ. You're saved. Your ticket to heaven is punched. You're going to heaven. But for whatever reason, I haven't got around to it, okay? Like Chancho, I don't know. Whatever reason, you haven't been baptized. Maybe one of the reasons you're having problems with your old sinful life and the old man keeps coming up is because you haven't buried him yet in the waters of baptism. Maybe you think, well, I was baptized when I was a baby. Listen, if that's the case, be thankful that you had parents that cared about your spiritual life, but you didn't make that decision. They made it for you. And so if you know the Lord, you ought to make that decision now. Baptism is a powerful and critical step of faith and obedience. And you gotta make it for yourself. Nobody can make it for you. Some of you in here, you were baptized in some, in some form or fashion before you were even saved. <laughs> you know, you just end up getting baptized. You realize, I wasn't even saved when I got baptized. Listen, if that's the case, you went in the water a sinner, you came up out of the water just a wet sinner, all right? So you, you probably need to get baptized for real this time and take a step of faith and obedience. Some people don't get baptized because it's just inconvenient, and it's kind of awkward. I mean, I've heard all kinds of reasons. And ladies, listen, I understand too because, you know, you, we spend a lot of money looking good on our hair, getting our nails you know, done, our eyelashes and all that kind of stuff. I get it. I know it's not convenient. Jesus 
came 60 miles, 6-0, from Nazareth down to the River Jordan, and he walked to be baptized by his own cousin. That wasn't convenient. And by the way, the Jordan River is, at least parts of the Jordan River are gross and nasty. You might think it'd be, it's beautiful. It's a, I got baptized 2017. I went with my parents to Israel. And whenever you go to Israel, there's, there's about two spots that you can stop where you can get baptized in the Jordan River. I got baptized when I was 10 years old by my dad at Faith Community Church. But I thought, I'm here in Israel. I want my dad to baptize me again. I want, I want God to do something fresh and new in my life. I got in that Jordan River, and th- there's a picture of it. That was, it was dirty, gross, disgusting water. When you walk in there, there are fish that you can feel that are sucking on your feet and your toes. You can't even see your feet because it's so dirty. Before I got in, I saw the biggest rat I've ever seen in my entire life across the way. I didn't even tell Jenny because I was afraid she wasn't going to get in there and get baptized. And Lord knows she needs to be baptized. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> She's not here. I can say anything I want. I'm just teasing. No, it is it. It was a powerful moment. My point, though, is that baptism isn't always convenient. Listen, oftentimes things that God tells you to do, they're not convenient, but you need to be obedient. Not everything he tells you to do is convenient, but you need to be obedient anyways. Some of you could get up right now. We'll baptize you in your clothes. You think, I'm not ready to get baptized. It's not convenient. Get baptized anyway. Anyway, All right, you guys are amening me, so I'm gonna stop preaching on that point, but... God sometimes asks us to do things that aren't convenient just to kill our pride. (laughs) Just to die to ourselves a little bit more. Three benefits of baptism, that things that happened when Jesus was baptized, uh, and and these these are benefits that God wants to release in our life at water baptism, and then he wants us to draw on them for our entire life as we walk with him. Number one is this, the first benefit is affirmation, affirmation. Baptism provides a specific moment and lifelong reminder of God's unconditional love for you. Baptism provides a specific moment and lifelong reminder of God's unconditional love for you. Mark chapter one, verse 11, then a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. What's amazing about this is that Jesus had done nothing up to this point other than the fact he was completely obedient, he was completely sinless, and he was the sinless son of God, but he was 30 years old. He had not begun his ministry. In other words, he had not done anything yet for God, but God loved him. Men and women, God's unconditional love for you, it is not based on your performance. Sometimes people have this religious spirit that they they get from somewhere, and you grow up thinking that you have to earn God's love. You have to earn God's favor. No, you don't, and you can't. He loves you not because of anything that you do for him. He loves you because you belong to him. (laughs) Parents, if you have kids, you know what I'm talking about. The first time your little kids, that little baby, you hold that baby in your arms, there there is an overwhelming love that as you're gonna get to experience this soon, couple weeks, April 15th, do Good Friday. Good timing, by the way, way to miss Easter weekend. <laughs> time it better next time, I'm just teasing. But I'm telling you, it, it, parents, it, it, come on, testify with me. You know what I'm talking about. My little, my little daughter, Eliana, one month old today, four weeks old. 
Eliana Bobby Blair Reeve, middle name after my dad. Listen, she doesn't do a whole lot. She sleeps occasionally. (laughs) She eats a lot and she poops a lot. She doesn't have to do anything. I love her because she belongs to me, because she's my daughter. Listen, baptism is an announcement to your soul. God says, you are mine. You are mine. I am loved. Baptism reminds you, I am loved by God. I am God's child, and God is proud of me. I am loved by God. I am God's child, and God is proud of me. Come on, look at the person next to you, and and this isn't a joke. Tell them sincerely. Say, God loves you, and he's proud of you. Tell somebody. Tell somebody, God loves you, and he's proud of you. And so when that... When the voice of the enemy, when the whisper of the enemy, which sometimes gets loud in some of our ears, when he tries to lie to you and tell you God doesn't love you, and he accuses you, and he tries to condemn you, and, and heap up guilt and shame and condemnation, and tries to bring up all the old stuff from the past, when the whisper of the enemy starts to come into your ear, listen, let the voice of God drown out the whispers of the enemy. Come on, because that was buried in the waters of baptism. Number two is this, second benefit is access. The second benefit of baptism is access. Baptism opens the way to spiritual breakthrough in any and every circumstance. Mark chapter one, verse 10, and immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting. That does not mean that Jesus saw further into the sky. It doesn't even mean that he saw into heaven itself and oh, there's Gabriel, there's Michael, there's all the angels. That's not what it means. In the Greek language, it means that there was a tearing, there was a ripping in the invisible realm. And now, and now the kingdom of heaven, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven now was entering the world in a way that it had never come before. The life and the love and the power and the presence and the dominion and the rule and the reign of God, everything, all the resources of heaven now were entering earth in a way that had, had it never been experienced and the kingdom of darkness was now being pressed and forced out and Jesus was now stepping into his public ministry, what God called him to do. He was led immediately into the wilderness. I'm gonna talk about that next week. Men and women, what's, what you're saying, what's the point of that? What does that mean? It means that if you know the Lord and you f- obeyed him in the waters of baptism, you now have access to the invisible realm. You now have access to the kingdom of God. That doesn't mean that you're gonna see you know, weird stuff and demons behind every, you know, behind every bush or something. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that the power and the authority of Jesus, the keys of the kingdom have been given to you. And so now you can bring heaven bare to earth. Let, let me get more practical. When you go to work tomorrow and that coworker that you can't stand, that bugs you and annoys you because of, you know, he's lazy or he's this, that, and the other, and you get in conflict, conflict with them, listen, you have access to, the, to the, the invisible realm. You have access to the, the power and the presence of God. Why don't you start praying for that person by name? You know what will happen? I'll bet you it will happen. Your heart will change. There will be a love for this person. When you see them, you will literally see them differently. And when you start to talk to them, there will be something. You're going to recognize there's some pain. I can tell there's some pain in this person's life. There's, there's some hurt. You will, you will see or sense something. You will have perception about something that you've never noticed before. And rather than just getting annoyed or frustrated with them, you will begin to love them in a way that is supernatural. Or 
If you're married, you know, when that, those little things come up, <laughs> those little things come up, and then typically they kind of escalate and they blow up and they become an argument and a big thing, and then you get, now you're mad at your spouse, now you're, you know, you're withdrawing and you're silent and all that stuff. R- rather, when it first starts to come up, rather than letting it go down that old path, you're gonna stop and say, hold on a second, babe, I'm, I'm sorry, I apologize, forgive me. There's something else that's happening here. Let's pray together and stop it right now in the name of Jesus. Why? Because hell is attacking you, men and women. Are you just, too many Christians just give up, willingly give up territory to the enemy. And they don't understand the power and the authority that God has given to them. And they just accept things as they are. I guess that's just how it's gonna be. No, 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 that's not how it's supposed to be. Stand, you have access, take power and authority. Have you ever noticed, by the way, that if you have kids on Saturdays, it's like Saturday night or Sunday morning, you're getting ready to go to church and your, one of your kids isn't feeling good and they got the sniffles or they're throwing up or whatever it is and it happens week after week after week. Men and women, I would propose to you or suggest to you, that's probably not just a coincidence. Maybe that's a spiritual attack. Maybe, maybe that's the enemy trying to keep you and your family out of church so you can't experience the power and the presence of God. You need to take authority in Jesus' name and stand against that. Come on, somebody. That's good preaching, Pastor John. All right. Number three, the third benefit, we'll close with this, and then we're going to baptize some people, get some people saved first. Third benefit of water baptism, number three, is anointing. Baptism opens the way for the unlimited power and resource of the Holy Spirit in your life. The unlimited, unlimited power and resource of the Holy Spirit. Mark chapter 1, verse 10 It says the spirit descended upon him like a dove. This was the moment. This was the the game changer when Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit and empowered by the Holy Spirit. The word anointing essentially means God's spirit empowering you to get the job done. God's spirit empowering, equipping you, enabling you to get the job done, to do what he has called you to do in order for Jesus to fulfill his mission and his ministry, the next three to three and a half years of his life, to do what he came to earth to do. He needed the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He needed fullness from heaven. Jesus was empowered by the Holy Spirit. You think, well, you know, you know I don't understand that, the Trinity and, and all this stuff. Listen, I'm not sure that I fully understand it either. All I know is that he did it as an example to us. The Son of God needed to be anointed by the Spirit of God to do what God the Father had called him to do. And men and women, if Jesus needed anointing, how much more do you need anointing? How much more do I need anointing? Listen, if there's more of God and there always is, then I want it. And I want to be filled. I want to be empowered. I want to be enabled. I want to be anointed by the Holy Spirit. Listen, you need, if you're, if you're a dad or a mom, you need anointing. Especially if you have teenagers, you need a double anointing. Come on. If you're a husband or wife, you need to be anointed to do that. You need to be anointed in your neighborhood. You need to be empowered wherever you go. You need to be anointed in your place of work. My friend Alfredo back there, the barber. Alfredo needs to be an anointed barber, not just a regular barber, but a a barber 
filled with the Spirit of God so that when he's cutting guys' hair and they're talking about whatever, God might just give him a word for somebody else that he can minister. My friends, Dave and Connie, amazing business owners, they're not just business owners, they're anointed business owners. They got God's blessing and favor on their business, but more important than that, they're agents of the kingdom of God. So when they're in Sturgis, North Dakota, and God only knows what's happening there, when you got 50,000 Harley riders there, they're ministering the love and power of Jesus to people. Come on, somebody. You need to be anointed. You need to be anointed. You need to be filled with the power of God. We need his presence. We need his power. And water baptism opens up the way for that. John the Baptist says, I baptize you with water. But there comes one after me. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Other gospels say he will baptize you with the Spirit and with fire. <laughs> I like that. Because if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, there's a fire in your heart that can't be quenched. When you get water baptized, another person baptizes you. You'll see it in a minute. Pastor Joe's probably up there getting ready right now. Another person will baptize you, and they will immerse you in water. When you get baptized with the Holy Spirit, Jesus himself baptizes you. I like the fact that Jesus said, I'm the only one who can baptize you with the Holy Spirit. You might have somebody else pray for you, you might have somebody else lay hands on you, but it is Jesus who is baptizing you. Just like you come to salvation and Jesus alone saves you, he's also the only one who can baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And he baptizes you, listen, and he immerses you in his spirit power and the presence of God. This Wednesday night, worship and prayer night, I want to invite you out. Maybe you normally don't come. I want to invite you to come out because we are going to pray for the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've never been baptized or filled before. I'll, I'll teach, do a little bit more teaching on Wednesday night. Listen, even if you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, you need to be filled again. You need to be freshly filled. Come on. Be, Ephesians 5.18, be filled and keep on being filled. Fresh anointing from heaven. Go ahead and stand to your feet if you would. Love you guys so much. So good to see the, the dunks here. Missed you guys a lot. I know you've been back for a little bit. Love you guys. Love all you guys. See a lot of my friends here. Eddie and Monica, proud of you guys. God's done a great work, hasn't he, Eddie, in your life the last couple years? He has, hasn't he? Man of God right there. Eddie, you're anointed. You're an anointed man of God. You're anointed. Generational blessings, Eddie, you are gonna be passed on to your kids, your grandkids, things that, that you went through. I don't even know all your story, but things that you went through in your life, your kids aren't gonna go through that stuff. Hellish assignment that was on you, that's broken in Jesus' name. And you're gonna just see, Monica, you married a good man. <laughs> Pastor Judy knows, I know, I'll just stop there, but you married, you chose a good one. Anoint, God's anointing's on your family because you love the Lord. If you want to be water baptized, anybody in this place, go right now. And in just a few minutes, we'll baptize you. You can go over that way and we'll get ready to baptize you. But while you're standing, I'm talking to the rest of us here. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you're watching online. And I want to start with the first step. Don't get, here you guys go. James, getting baptized? Good. There you go. I want to, before we get to, to baptism, we got to deal with one other issue. And that's the issue of salvation. And that only comes through repentance and belief. And maybe you've never done that before for whatever reason. In fact, maybe you even come to church and you like it. You know, it's whatever. That, guy, that white guy kind of says inappropriate things or, you know, it's like my girlfriend drags me here or whatever, whatever it is. Eddie, you haven't been baptized? All right. 
But maybe you're here today, you're watching online, you're not in relationship with the Lord. Never made that decision before. Men and women, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. He's the only way. And, and it starts with just a recognition saying, God, I need you in my life. I know I'm broken. I know there's sin in my life. Forgive me. Forgive me. That's what it means to ask Jesus to be your savior. That's, that's what the cross is all about. We're gonna celebrate that Good Friday. We celebrated it today with communion. St. Jesus, be, be my Lord. That means I wanna live my life for you. I don't wanna live life for myself or for anybody else or anything. I wanna live my life for you. Maybe you've never made that decision before, but you're ready today. Maybe, maybe you prayed a prayer, but you've walked away, but you, and you know you need to come back to the Lord today. Today's your day. The Bible says today's the day of salvation. There was one guy sitting right over there at last service. I, I called him out. Daniel was his name, brought with his friends. Just one guy, but it was worth it. And uh, I wanna give you that opportunity right now. If that's you, you've never made that decision before, but you're ready to make that decision. On the count of three, would you just raise your hand and, and we'll be so proud of you. But if you're here, John, I'm not in relationship with God, never made that decision, or I need to come back to the Lord today making that decision for the first time. On the count of three, I want you to raise your hand wherever you are. One, two, three. Raise your hand. I know you, friend, right there. Yep. Awesome, sir. Anybody else? Raise your hand and keep it up until I see you. Don't put it down. Anybody else here this morning? Raise your hand and wave at me. Was there somebody else in, in the back? You. Okay, awesome. Anybody else here this morning? Anybody else? You know, I'm gonna do something. I saw at least two hands. Maybe there's... Somebody else, I'm gonna do something today. I might start doing this actually more. But I mentioned that there's no such thing as a secret Christian. When Jesus called people to follow him, he never did it secretly. He always did it publicly. People would just drop everything, go follow him. And I grew up in a church where that's how it was. Every week people would come to the front. I think there's something powerful when your first step of faith, putting your trust in Christ is when you actually take physical steps. And so I, I won't embarrass you guys if I called my friend out a minute ago. I won't do that, but I saw at least two hands. And for those two men who raised their hand, maybe anybody else, if you made that decision, get out of your seat and come to the front right now because I want to shake your hand. I want to I want to pray for you. Come on, get out. Awesome, man. So awesome. Stay here, Damien. Stay here. Dave Durant, come on up here. John Boulevard, come on up here. Damien, that's great. That's awesome. Damien, the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord. You believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You will be saved. It's a, it's a short prayer. It's a short confession, but it changes your life, changes your eternity, Damien. And uh, you're serious about this today, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. You want to know the Lord, don't you? That's great. Uh, Damien, I want to lead you in a, in a prayer. All of us are going to pray this prayer in support of you right now, okay? So just pray this prayer. Repeat it after me out loud and, and meet in your heart. Church, let's all pray this prayer together. Just say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. I know that I'm a sinner. Forgive me of all my sin. I want to know you. I surrender my life to you right now. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Make me a new person. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Change my life. I want to follow you all the days of my life. And I declare that heaven is my home. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's awesome, Damien. That's awesome.
Thanks for listening to this message from The Cause Church. For more information about The Cause or for further resources, visit our website, thecause.cc or call 714-255-0930.